<laughs> That's what he said. It's great. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Chris Blair, voice of the national champion Fighting Tigers of LSU. And you're locked in to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Middle Georgia's number one voice of community and collegiate sports. Go Tigers. This is Mike Conti of Atlanta United and the Atlanta Hawks Radio Networks. You're listening to Middle Georgia's number one team for community and collegiate sports from Atlanta to Savannah. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Hey, this is Andy Demetra, voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, and when I want to know what's going on in Middle Georgia sports, there's only one place I go. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show, your place for community and collegiate sports. Guys, take it away. All right, welcome back into the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show here on another fabulous Thursday evening. And friends, we have good news because we have an agreement for baseball. Look at that, Rob and Ben. How you guys doing today? Doing good, doing good. Excited they finally come to terms on something there, Joe. <laughs> it was about time they got it together. That's right. Well, they, you know, I, I think there was a little bit of thing where the owners were like, how long can we go without paying these dudes, you know, <laughs> and then still make a little bit of money, you know, and, and appease everyone. Then there's all the litigation and PC that goes into it with travel, coronavirus stuff, and yeah, yeah, all of that. All so, that stuff. You know, it's just glad they finally come to terms. And the NBA is trying, but they're not having as much luck. They got a lot of personalities. Fifteen <laughs> guy. That's rosters. right. Yeah. A whole lot of a whole lot of uh, chefs in the kitchen right there in the that, NBA. That uh, that relief <laughs> pitcher that's uh, on the bubble was ready to play some baseball. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> so welcome in everybody to your Robin and Joe show. Of course, brought to you by Network One Sports, uh, Bubba's Tire Center, and of Marco's Pizza, Eyeballs Marketing and Media. And Werner Robbins. We appreciate all you guys bringing you the show each and every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday right here on uh, Network One Sports. And of course, you can find us on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Download the podcast, take it with you wherever you want to go, or check us out online at the rbjshow.com. We got good uh, talk from Atlanta today, guys. A good lineup on the show tonight. Not only do we have the two time Emmy Award winning sportscaster and good friend of ours from Georgia Public Broadcasting Television, uh, high school championship football this year, we saw Larry Smith up there in Atlanta with our friends uh, doing the championship Dublin Irish football this year. But then we've got Mr. Nick Cellini on the phone with us here from 680 The Fan in Atlanta. Nick, how are you doing, my friend? Fellas, how you doing? Thanks for having me on the program. What's going on? Doing good, man. Just hanging in there. Yeah, it feels, <laughs> feels kind of like we're in Seattle down here. It's rained every single day this week. so <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Ready for some sunshine. So from some yeah. of the uh, the top radio there in Atlanta, 680 The Fan Sports Radio, we have uh, Nick. Nick, don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, background, where you come from, what you're doing, man? Well, born and raised in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, but I've been in Atlanta since 1996. So my son is now 11. He's a Braves fan. He's a Falcons fan. He's a Hawks fan, so we are pretty much now Atlanta fans, and matter of fact, it's funny you say uh, what I'm doing right now is at the ballpark with my uh, (laughs) 11-year-old son, uh, doing some Sandlot stuff right now, the league, of course, uh, along with everything else because of the pandemic shut down, so now we're just kind of working out together, and I'm watching him uh, take some swings in the batting cage as we speak right now, so... I think we're all kind of in the same boat. We're just excited that baseball is coming back. But, uh, yeah, I've been doing uh, sports talk radio, a little bit of TV in the city of Atlanta going back to 1997. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how to do anything else. This is my job. This is my lot in life. And uh, here I am talking to you guys. (laughs) Yeah, we appreciate that. I know a long time there uh, in the ATL on the radio, and uh, I've listened to a lot of your show. 
uh, before. Uh, you're on the morning show there, 680, and uh, you guys do a great job. But let's talk about the Braves and getting back to baseball since you're at the old field there today. Tell us what you're hearing about how this is going to come about, 60-game schedule and everything with the, the restriction and travel they're wanting to put in place. What do you hear going on, Nick? Well, it's going to be a challenge for the Braves because you think about them playing in their own division and then playing the American League East. They are playing overall five teams that finished above 500. And then you got the Phillies who are right at 500. So, yeah, it's going to be a challenge, those 40 games in their division. And then the 20 against the American League East, including six against the, the Red Sox, their natural rival because they used to be in Boston. So, it's going to be a challenge, but I think the one place where they could have an advantage is they're so deep when it comes to their their pitching staff. And Alex Anthopoulos told us yesterday he only plans on his starters the first couple of times through the rotation, only going two or three innings, and then you have that strong bullpen that you put together. So could be an advantage for them on paper, but when it's 60 games, nobody knows anything, that's for sure. Yeah, and I don't think anybody's going to kind of hold anything back at 60 games. Plus, you know, <laughs> I, I really don't. And I, yeah. I love the ambiance of hacks in the background while you're talking about the Braves. Yeah, that's good that stuff. so magnificent good. there, man. <laughs> you set that up well, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, as far as that goes, man, um, speak a little bit to the youth of the pitching staff for the Braves. I feel like they've made some good moves kind of in the offseason and then, you know, around the, around the infield and outfield. I think we've got some good young players, and they were pull, they they made a good run last year. Uh, do you kind of expect to see something like that again? I know it's going to be kind of different with sixty games, but uh, what do you think that you know they kind of end up doing this year? I, I hope they do okay. You know, we kind of looked at the numbers after sixty games last year. They were thirty three and twenty seven. They would have been the second wild card at that point last year. Freddie Freeman had fifteen home runs and fifteen doubles. Acuna was doing okay. Mike Soroka had a 1.41 ERA, nine starts in after 60 games. And you talk about the young lineup, I think another place where they could have an advantage is the fact that, yeah, I mean, the, the bullpen is, is certainly where they spent a lot of their money making those acquisitions last year. And I think they have a lot of interchangeable parts when it comes to their bullpen. Melanson's going to be their closer right now, but Will Smith, and we know that Shane Green, those guys have closing experience too. So I, I think the bullpen, it went from really one of their question marks last year to one of their strengths this year, at least on paper. Yeah, and that was something they really needed to do. And they kind of really turned it on in the second half of the season, I thought, as a team. And then, the, But the pitching staff, I just said, you know what, I just don't see that going going well, you know, going down the road. And uh, so I'm glad to see they kind of beefed that up and, and we'll kind of see what, what happens on on, uh, on that front. But um, in other words, um, as far as that goes on the offensive side, as far as hitting and stuff like that, um, what are we looking like there? Well, I think, again, you're going to have a few guys that could be interchangeable when it comes to the DH position, little third base with Austin Riley and Camargo. And Mar Mar Marcelo Zuna is going to be one of those guys that I think will kind of be a key to everything they have going on and, and a guy that could probably have his legs saved over the course of the season, too, when you talk about the ability to DH. And I think that's going to be the interesting part. How do they give some guys a day off without really giving them a day off because they could DH? 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you know, you may know a little bit about it, I'm not sure, but we we all kind of were having this conversation before. I know some of the NBA players were talking about that some of them are concerned that they're not in play and shape to just flip the switch on and get back into into full swing play. But as far as baseball goes, do you know what the players have been doing? Have have they even been allowed in any facilities, or is it all just outside? Have they been able to do anything as far as training goes? A few of them, you know, have been working out. A few of them have cages in their yards. It's funny you bring that up. We were just talking to Charlie Culberson today, and I asked him what he did when everything first shut down. He said he did a lot of landscaping in his yard. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, Didn't you know, he got all. his cardio. He, yeah, you're right about that. He got his cardio and strength training in that way. So I think the pitchers, it's going to take them some time. But you, you hope that once things slowly but surely started to open up a little bit over the past three weeks, a month or so that some of these guys were able to start working out again and start swinging those bats. Yeah, get right back in it. We we always joked uh, during the during the quarantine if if your yard didn't look good and your backyard wasn't in place, then you're doing quarantine wrong. That's right. <laughs> right. Everybody's yard should look like Augusta. <laughs> That's right. So, Nick, uh, t- before we switch over to football, tell me a little bit about what you guys have going on up there uh, in the ATL. What's on your agenda on your show uh, tomorrow morning? Uh, tomorrow, that's a good question. I know that we, we're trying to catch up with all of the Braves from uh, the 1995 World Series team with it being the 25-year right. anniversary. And I'm, I'm hoping that our white whale has been Fred McGriff. He's been promising us <laughs> that he was going to come on, and he keeps ducking and dodging us. So uh, we got our fingers crossed that it's going to be uh, Fred McGriff coming on tomorrow. And then, you know, obviously we'll, we'll maybe talk to a couple of writers. We've cultivated a relationship with guys like – Tim Kirkshin and Buster only. So I'm hoping that, you know, maybe one of those guys can come on and, and talk a little baseball with us uh, as well with, with really that being top of mind right now. Yeah, I hear you. What that would be, uh, that'd be awesome, man. Something to tune into, and of course, you guys have uh, a lot of fun on your show. Uh, we've talked to Brian Finneran out of your crew up there as well, and you, you do a lot with uh, the live show, the live streaming, and things like that during during your show. So, uh, tell me, uh, how how uncoordinated is Brian with that <laughs> Facebook Live and all that fun stuff when you guys are doing your uh, buy or sell? And all that fun the, funny, stuff. the funny thing is, as coordinated as he is as an athlete, he's the polar opposite when it comes <laughs> to trying to work anything when it comes to Facebook Live or doing yeah. anything as far as, you know, radio is concerned. I, I think a lot of us, though, are in the same boat. A lot of us just talking to the microphone when it comes to <laughs> operating everything behind the scenes. It's like it's like that old commercial when the the gorilla had the the piece of luggage and he was trying to open it and kind of throwing it around so we are we're not we're not really sure what we're doing half the time i i know the feeling there nick we uh we joke all the time uh joe knows how to run all the board and all that kind of stuff and ben and i are yeah. uh we we come for the uh the talent portion the, the talking is, part. is this how loud is this thing and i'm not getting enough in my ear right that's it i mean and then we start turning of knobs and it only becomes worse so i've so trained, trained myself not to touch anything just uh, the on and off button the cough button and that's it that's it, it as long as you sound like you're coming from down the street and not in mars it's a good thing <laughs> yeah, there you go that's a, that's a positive start that it really is well uh kind of switching gears here man uh we're big uh we're big football guys that's our kind of our main thing and um how are the falcons what do you think about their draft we've asked a few guys about um this and that with the draft and then their off season and then are they going to play and all this stuff. So uh, what do you kind of um, feel like the Falcons are going to be looking like here in 2020? 
you know, what if, I think that's the theme with this team because pretty much across the board, there are so many, what ifs you've got two young corners. What if they play well? And then you've got uh, Caleb McGarry at right tackle. What if he bounces back? Chris Lindstrom, can he stay healthy? There's so many, if what if to be exact factors on this team right now. And I, I just don't know what this team is going to be made out of. And Hayden Hurst is another guy. Certainly he's got the athletic ability, but you're talking about all of these guys. They have to come together in a strange off season and function as a unit because if they get off to a slow start this year, Thomas Dimitrov is going to last until the end of the year, no matter what. But if they get off to another slow start, one and three, one and four, I think Dan Quinn's going to be out of a job and either Raheem Morris or oh, yeah. Carter will be the interim coach. I don't think he's going to make it unlike the last couple of years. Dan Quinn won't survive that this year. Yeah, he will not be able to weather the storm if he doesn't have a better product. It was, it was kind of surprising to some people that he even made it through the rest of Surprise this year. Surprise me. Yeah, just just <laughs> yeah. as bad as it got at yeah. times. But we had this on – we've had this conversation several times. The addition of Todd Gurley in the backfield um, – Todd makes it sound like that he's ready to be in every down back and it, it Saint, it, uh, in the Rams in Los Angeles. He just did not – he would play throughout that whole playoff run and everything up. He looked really good, and then when it got close to the end, he kind of bailed out, was half and half, wasn't really fully plugged in. Do you think – or what have you heard? Do you think that he is durable enough to be in every down back like he is, is basically portraying it that he can be, or do you think he's going to be more of a half-and-half half with uh, your Edo Smith here and every now and then? What do you think? Well, I talked about what-ifs, and I apologize. He's the biggest what-if. <laughs> For sure, yes, players. 100%. I, look, if it's true, he has an arthritic condition in his knee. I think it's going to be inconsistent, and it's not the fault of Todd Gurley. It's the fault of his arthritic knee. There's going to be some weeks where yep. he's going to be able to go, and there's going to be some weeks where it's just not going to work. The knee's just not going to cooperate. You know, any of us that have gotten older and have suffered from arthritis, we know what that's like. There's going to oh, be yeah. good days, and there's going to be bad days, and we're not professional athletes. But I'll just say this. If he can score 14 touchdowns, if he can score double-digit touchdowns even like he did last year, I, I think he is going to be worth the price that you're paying him. But he can't be an every-down back. You really have to monitor what you're doing. And that's where these guys that we're not so sure of, the guys like Edo Smith and Kadri Allison and even Brian Hill, they're going to have to pick up the slack a little bit. And I'll be honest, I, I don't know if those guys are capable of doing that. So that's perhaps, like I said, the, the biggest what-if when you talk about this Falcons team. Yeah, that that's what we the same thing we've said the whole time is just what is he going to give you but you really have to you have to take the gamble with him because of yeah. his total skill package. He gives you so much when he is good, he gives you a lot. But with the Falcons they have a lot of wide receivers around them and a bunch of talent still with Matt Ryan who has been um you know, really, a really good quarterback in the NFL. You have people sometimes say, you know, he is, he can be up and down, throw some picks here or there. But I mean, the guy has been a real good model of consistency. And so I think that with him being able to lean on Julio and some of those other guys on the outside, I think if they use Todd in the correct way and really mix that flow in well, I think it could be a nice mix. I think they're going to have to be able to run the ball to try to slow down the pass rush because let's face it. You know, going back to that Super Bowl year, that was the key, what Devontae Freeman was able to do when he was never the same. This Falcons offense was never the same. And you look at their touchdowns quarter by quarter. They by far scored the most, most touchdowns in the fourth quarter last year because they were behind. And what happens, the other team starts playing the prevent, and they start allowing some of those yardage 
plays, the big yardage plays over the middle so they could bleed the clock. And they just can't fall behind like that time and time again like they did the past couple of years because, like I said, and I know we all stand in agreement, Dan Quinn's not going to survive it. Yeah. No, he, he absolutely will not. And uh, you, the Falcons at heart, regardless of coordinator or head coach, I just feel like they've always been a balanced football team on offense. They like to run and they like to pass, and they have to have both of those. They were the best when Freeman was good. Freeman's been Casper the last two or three two years. You know, after yeah. the Super Bowl, he's been up and down. He's hurt. You know, it was time to make a decision there. But the one thing that kind of bothers me, man Quinn is a defensive guy and I feel like over the last year or two his defense has kind of been all over the place I know he's been struck by injury or stricken by injury but uh what do you see out of the defense coming back with some of these different guys we're adding do you think there'll be immediate impacts out of the draft and do we see any type of improvement coming from that side of the football I mean you're talking about a rookie corner he's gonna step in and play right away you don't have a choice unless you pick one of those free agent corners off the waiver wire which is something Thomas Dimitrov has done from time to time over the years and I go back to the what if theme what if Dante Fowler doesn't perform to the standards that he finally was supposed to perform to and he finally did it last year if he doesn't perform to those standards again then you've got more problems what if Tack McKinley stays injured because he's this close they didn't pick up that fifth-year option for a reason he's this close to being considered a bust because he can't stay healthy so you look at the pass rush and then Deion Jones middle linebacker obviously he is one of the better players at his position in the NFL but then you've got younger players that have to step in and play Foye Aloakun is going to have to play outside linebacker I there's more questions than answers across the board on this team. I mean, they could be one of the surprises in the NFL, but they could be one of the disappointments as well if some of these guys don't play up to the expectations that they need to play up to. I can definitely see that, and I'm, I'm in full agreement there. I think it's just a bunch of what-ifs and, and question marks, but uh, what do you think about that division, man, with the Buccaneers and the Panthers and the Falcons with different people coming in there and the Saints? What do you see the division shaking out to? I feel like the Saints are kind of running on fumes with certain things. They have the same players, but Breeze is nearing his end of his career, and they look good at the end of the season last year, but they kind of couldn't kind of string it together. How do you feel about that division? I think it's still the Saints, and I know what you're saying about Drew Brees. I, I agree. The arm strength isn't going to be there over the course of the year. And you look at Tampa Bay, and certainly everybody is talking about Gronk and Brady and, and Evans and what they have on the outside. But that offensive line is questionable at best, and their running game is questionable at best. So if you can't protect Tom Brady, if you don't give Tom Brady balance, I mean, you saw it last year in New England. He wasn't the same guy. Mm -mm at the end of the year. So I, I think this division might be a little bit more up for grabs than people want to admit when you talk about those three teams and the Saints, the Bucks, and the Falcons. Uh, Carolina, I mean, I, I think everybody knows what's going on there. They're rebuilding. They don't want to admit it, but that's yeah, exactly yeah, what's going on. They wouldn't have, yeah, I mean, they wouldn't have given Matt Rule that length of a contract if they weren't really – tearing it all down just to build it back up. No, they're, ta they're tanking. Yeah, yeah. North Carolina is, for lack of a better word, is more of a dumpster fire situation than anything else <laughs> that, that Rule's going to have to try and put out and rebuild that whole right. thing. It's just – it's in a mess. But 
I totally agree with you on the Buccaneer scenario. I think it's so overhyped just because you're getting a, an old, old Brady. If you saw him right. halfway through the season, you could just tell. And I know he wasn't working with a whole lot, but look, guys, <laughs> the Bucks aren't exactly just knocking down the doors with just the <laughs> best players in America. No. I mean, yeah. so he's walking into, I would say, a pretty similar situation if you come down to offensive line-wise and you really don't know what you're getting and, at running and, back. And Winston was mobile and had a, has a cannon. Yeah, yeah. And he's young. He's a younger guy. So, I mean, I really feel like it, 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 it's really overhyped to put it on Brady that he's just going to come in and just run the division. Yeah. And in the Arians offense, he loves to throw the ball downfield. And let's face it, Tom Brady, it's talked about Drew Brees. Tom Brady can't do that <laughs> he anymore. He can't. No, sir. No, you know, there's going to be moments where he can do it, but consistently across the board, I, I think it's just too much to expect a quarterback of that age, no matter – how decorated he is to be able to do things like that consistently. There's no question, and I always I kind of have this adage. You could tell Peyton Manning when he was in the Super Bowl. If it wasn't for that prolific defense and an incredible structure around him, he probably wouldn't have won that Super Bowl. They're a step slow in the pocket. Those deep seven-step drops and different things like that, their quick game's not there anymore in the long passes you're talking about. It comes up short, and they're picked. I mean, yeah. it's just the way it is. They – you, at 44, you can't get to that seven-step and, and pump like you need well, you to. you got a 22-year-old corner out there running a 4-3. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> you're not going to get over that. All right, so, Nick, great news right there. We appreciate all that inside. Uh, Nick Cellini here with us from uh, 680 The Fan in Atlanta. But I want to ask you the most important question on my mind since I knew you were coming on the show with us here tonight. What do you think of those new uniforms, man? What do you, what do you <laughs> Where are we going to go there? The Falcons' new yeah, uniforms? Yeah, the Falcons' new uniforms. I, um, listen, a, a, at the risk of sounding like a boomer, I, I don't understand the ATL across the front. That's <laughs> a whole uniform for me. I I mean, I, I'm, just, yeah, I'm being honest. What I would have done is I would have gone back to those 1966 uniforms. Those are my yeah. favorite. Yep, they're, they're awesome. The red, the red, yeah, the red helmets and the black jerseys and the white pants and then the all-whites with the uh, red helmets. That's yeah. my personal favorite. That's what I would have gone with. But, uh, you know, no one was asking me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they, they tried to play in a little bit of Atlanta Hawks, and it's not the same thing. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm biased to the 90s Dan Reeves look, man. I love when they throw back to that. Just the black and white and the old school Falcon looks good to me. Well, you know, it's funny. I just bought the uh, throwback helmet, and it's sitting in my office now The from the, the area you're talking about there, Nick. I have that 65 red helmet. Uh, yeah. With the gold and the black on it, you know, and all that. Just, I right. love it. But uh, that that whole transition jersey that they have there, that right there is old, like with XFL that, that fell apart a year ago <laughs> is what I thought. Yeah. I was like, man, Some, that's I think ugly. Sometimes you try, yeah, you try too hard. Mm. Uh, that's, that's what they did with the ATL across the front. Yeah, yeah. looks Arena League. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> <laughs> looks Arena League football. Well, I'll tell you what, Nick, uh, we've enjoyed having you on the show, my friend. Is there anything else that you can tell us about what's happening cool there in the ATL or – uh, you got to hook me up with some of your Braves friends, man. We'd love to talk to some Braves baseball. <laughs> some friends coming here on the show. Uh, how much fun do you guys really get to have going out in, uh, when, in a regular environment? Now, let's throw COVID out the window. Uh, how much yeah. fun uh, do you guys really get to have with, uh, with all the, uh, the, the guests and the, the opportunity to go and visit into some of the stadiums and some of the leagues? It's a lot of fun up there, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's so much fun. And anybody in this business that is jaded, well, I, I feel sorry for them because <laughs> – 
like like you guys said, when everything was shut down, you, you you take certain things for granted. Even just going into work, I'm so glad we're doing that again. A lot of radio shows aren't doing that. Right. I, I just think every every little thing right now is just something we're enjoying. Plus, you know, Chris Amino and I have been working together for 20 years. He always says, I'm the little brother he never wanted. So, <laughs> you know, even, we're, we're at a point where literally we can say anything to each other, and there's no one's going to be offended by anything that we say to each other. Right. So it's the way it should be. It's, it's just it, it's fun in that regard as well. So, I'll uh, I'll make sure that Demino gets on it. I'm going to make sure he lines you guys up with some. Great yeah, stories. you. I won't, I won't let him forget. There you go. You do that for us, and uh, that's what makes it such great radio up there. Six eighty, the fan. You guys do a great job. So tell everybody just uh, where they can hear you and when they can hear you before we let you get out of here, Nick. Yeah, sure. Me and uh, Demino uh, nine to noon Eastern uh, on six eighty, the fan. You can also listen at six eighty, the fan dot com, the uh, mobile app, and the TuneIn app. So those are the the options uh, for you and the uh, 680 The Fan YouTube channel. So that is where we are. Uh, give us a listen and uh, let us know what you think. If you think we stink, uh, you, you can tell us that. We have to <laughs> you don't mind. I hear you, my friend. Well, we certainly do appreciate you being on here, and uh, we'll take that call any and every day to talk to you guys up there. It's good stuff. We appreciate you being on with us. Thanks, fellas. I'm around whenever you need me. Uh, it, my pleasure. Hey, appreciate it, brother. Man. Be good, brother. Go. Now go out there and hit some line drives for me, Nick. <laughs> I'm going to go out there. I'm going to out there and scream at my hey, kid now. Hey, <laughs> easy, easy on the fungo stick, baby. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Bye, guys. See you, man. Bye-bye. Nick Cellini there for 680 The Fan in Atlanta, hanging out with us, talking Atlanta sports. <laughs> I love it. We'll be right back. We got Larry Smith coming up with you on the back side of the show. It's Rob Benajosho brought to you by Network One Sports and Bubba's Tire Center. Don't forget Marco's Pizza and Eyeballs Media. We'll be right back after this. Stick around. You're listening to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Download the show today on your Spotify playlist or Apple Music. Eyeballs Marketing and Signs. That's Eyeballs with a Z. I-B-A-L-Z is all about everything you need for printing services, marketing services, apparel services, signage, banners, wraps for your vehicles, design services, or a whole lot more. Whatever you need in your business to get your message out there, you can count on Eyeballs. I-B-A-L-Z dot com. Eyeballs Marketing and Sign in Warner Robins. Springtime is here, and Bubba's Tire Center is here to handle all of your vehicle needs. With the current situation of COVID-19, we are still operating our normal hours, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5.30. If you need some more time on that set of tires or vehicle repair, we offer a 90-day payment option that requires no credit check, as well as the Goodyear credit card. Don't forget, we offer free pickup and delivery, so you never have to leave your home or place of work. Call us today at 470 Seven eight two seven five two nine six four, or check us out online at Bubba'sTireCenter.com. Come to Bubba's Tire Center where we do tires and a whole lot more. All right, so it's Rob, Ben, and Joe here. You can check us out every, what is it, Saturday morning, Rob? Saturday mornings, 10, 10 o'clock, o'clock. 96.9 The Buzz. And you can check us out on Facebook at uh, Robin, Ben, and Joe Show. Is that right? Yes, the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. We drop on Friday nights at Friday 7. Friday 7 o'clock. The podcast drops. Be the first to check it out. And then if you want to get a double dose, check it out at 10 o'clock on the radio station. And don't forget to double tap that like button on the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show page on Facebook. 
Facebook. That's right. And, of course, you can always uh, check out our polls and see who the people are we're going to be talking to each and every week. We're going to talk about high school sports. We're going to talk about college and Georgia Tech. And Georgia, unfortunately. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And Mercer, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, and anybody else that we seem fit to That's right. put on the show. That's right. You never know who's going to be there. So be sure to check us out every week. It's the Robin and Joe Show. Check us out on Facebook and on 96.9 The Book. <laughs> Springtime is here, and Bubba's Tire Center is here to handle all of your vehicle needs. With the current situation of COVID-19, we are still operating our normal hours, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5.30. If you need some more time on that set of tires or vehicle repair, we offer a 90-day payment option that requires no credit check, as well as the Goodyear credit card. Don't forget, we offer free pickup and delivery, so you never have to leave your home or place of work. Call us today at 478-275-2964 or check us out online at Bubba'sTireCenter.com. Come to Bubba's Tire Center where we do tires and a whole lot more. Eyeballs Marketing and Signs. That's Eyeballs with a Z. I-B-A-L-Z is all about everything you need for printing services, marketing services, apparel services, signage, banners, wraps for your vehicles, design services, or a whole lot more. Whatever you need in your business to get your message out there, you can count on Eyeballs. I-B-A-L-Z dot com. Eyeballs Marketing and Sign in Warner Robins. Now back to Rob, Ben, and Joe. Brought to you by Bubba's Tire and Network One Sport. All right, we're back here at the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. What a good time there talking with our friend from Atlanta, Mr. Nick Cellini, 680 The Fan, on with us out uh, having fun with the fungos. <laughs> I, I just hope he takes it easy on those kids on the lot just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, well, take I, it easy on those 11-year-olds out hey, there. That, that fungo is some serious pop. That's a Sosa-style bat yeah. in the court. If you're, on one mean, of the, if you're on one of the corners, if you're on third and you got a right coach, a right-handed coach hitting at you, or if you're on first and you got a lefty. It's coming at you. You're literally checking your grill. You're, like, oh. <laughs> you're getting up there and you're kind of walking up and they're sitting there and you know they're just trying to pepper you, whatever. You're just right. like, man. Yeah, looking those teeth. Yeah, that's like, right. They're here, and you hear your and you hear your mom's voice echoing on your shoulder, like in those old movies. You know, it's like, don't mess your teeth up. Don't mess your <laughs> I teeth. Spent up. a lot of money on those braces. <laughs> I spent a lot of money on those braces. A lot of money in that mouth, right there. Uh, nothing a fungo can't yeah. demolish. That's right. Having Cellini out there, I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> Beating around a, fun, a fungo, but uh, on the phone with us now, the back half, we got our our, our friend. We got a, a two-time Emmy Award winner and a, just a long-time sports. Caster, everybody knows him in the state of Georgia and all over the southeast and the country, I'm sure. Uh, Mr. Larry Smith on the phone with us. Uh, Larry, how are you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great. Good to be with you guys tonight. Yes, sir. It is a fun, uh, fun experience to have you on the show with us here. We certainly do appreciate it, and uh, we love, love, love the fact that we got to spend some time with you in some uh, high school GHSA championship football uh, not that long ago in Atlanta at Georgia State uh, University Stadium there. So, uh, before we get into all things fun, why don't you tell us, Larry, just uh, why everybody knows your name and where they know you from? With <laughs> <laughs> the name is. Well, the name as basic as Larry Smith, I guess it's got to be uh, the mustache, right? 
<laughs> Gotta be the mustache. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm funny. We were just talking about this with the flag controversy that uh, I got to CNN December 1st, 1993, and spent 16 years there. And mm-hmm. and uh, when I arrived, it was just a few weeks before Atlanta's first Super Bowl. So, you know, we can talk more about that if you want. But uh, I was there 16 years, and, and uh, I've done freelance with Turner Sports since 2003 still all this time, even though I've gone over and done a lot of news since then. And and still do some more news and documentary type projects. Uh, you know, it's still great to be a part of the Turner family. And, um, you know, it's it's been a fantastic career and uh, 32 years in, in broadcasting, 30 in TV. And and uh, so far they haven't kicked me out yet. So we're OK. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Now, Larry, wasn't that was the first Super Bowl for the Falcons? Was that in Atlanta? Or, I mean, sorry, did they play that in Miami? Was that in Miami? Uh, the fir- first for the Falcons was in Miami. It was January 99. Yeah, that's, that's right. The, when they lost to the Broncos, and that was the uh, Eugene Robinson the night before uh, the incident with him. That uh, we woke up and like, wait a minute, wait, wait, what happened? Yep. And um, you know, it it took some luster off the uh, off the game to be sure for Falcons fans. Can I can I make a confession right now on on live radio with you, Larry? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I worked I worked with Larry when I was at CNN uh, as an editor, a sports editor. Yeah. And yeah, uh, that's right. Let me tell you, I came into the studio one day there on Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, they were crashing to get some news out, and you were going to be live there in Miami on a uh-huh. on a on a cut in, and. They were like, Powers, get over here and cut this. And I just ran into an edit bay, right, and went to edit uh-huh. some audio and uh, a little uh, VO clip. And I did not put the audio on the correct channel, and they fed that out to you live here <laughs> your Super Bowl cut-in. And there was no – it was a bad clip. And I would just – I got railed for that, man. But, <laughs> but I was so just you're- – so you're the guy. I'm the guy. For you for all these years. <laughs> I was the guy that left you hanging in Miami on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> you know what? But we've all got those stories, and it happens to the best of us uh, behind the scenes, in front of the camera, and that's that's the beauty of 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 live radio. As you guys know, live TV, I think yeah. even more so because you can actually see the person there and. Um, it's those moments that, that you make the bacon because either you can handle it and dance around it and keep going or yep. it throws you off. And, you know, the Internet's full of bloopers where it throws people off and they don't know what to do with it. So, yep. uh, well, I was one lucky. What are those things? I was lucky I had you out there in front of the camera because I was sitting. I just totally <laughs> dropped the ball on you, man, right there. And, and Larry, like a champ, he's just like, bam, he Whatever. just goes on what he's doing. <laughs> The show must go on, baby. That's right. The show must go on. That's right. <laughs> My, I was leaving that day, and I was like, I'm not even supposed to be here right now. And I'm cutting the- <laughs> That's you know, right. Oh, it's funny. But uh, Larry, aside from that, tell us a, a little bit about uh, just uh, you know what you're doing with the high school football and the GPB. How did they get you uh, tied in there to to have such a, a nationally well-known face to to talk about some some high school football and some championship football? I'd love to hear that that connection. You know, it, it actually happened back in 2013. Um, I'd just taken the job as sports director at uh, WGCL, the CBS affiliates here in Atlanta. And um, I knew some of the people over at Georgia Public Broadcasting, and they called me up and said, hey, can we do lunch? And they just said, we have a lot of you know local guys over the years, as you know, come in and help us out with championships because we need more bodies. Um, you know, have you done play-by-play? Be willing to kind of join us? And I'm like, sure. So, um, so did the game that night. It was the... Uh, I think it was a 5A game that uh, Creekside won with the two Barry twins mm-hmm. who went on to Tennessee. They were the stars. There's a kid running back. I can't think of his name right now, but he went on to Purdue, and they were the big stars of the game. And 
it was a great uh, contest there. I think, what did I say? They beat Tucker and Brian Lamar. I think it's Brian Lamar's first year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And the next morning, got a chance to work with Tommy Palmer for yeah. the first time in the, the Class A public game. And and uh, and Tommy and I have been fast friends ever since. Um, I have only missed one year. So out of seven years, I missed one. That was 2018. Um, my uh, my father just passed, and my mother passed away actually the night before the mm. games. And I knew that she was ill. And, and uh, by the time we connected, they already had their team set and their broadcast teams. And that was fine because really uh, I, I didn't. You know, my schedule was very much up in the air. Was out of town a lot, right. and um, so it was great uh, the past two years to to uh, I'm sorry, last year to come back in 2019 to be a part of it, and then the year before that, 2017 was when we had the snow come in, and the first year at the new dome <laughs> wiped out six of the eight games. Uh, yeah. I did the first game with Matt Stewart as his color man. I was going to do play by play, and we got a message that after the second game, the 3A game, let's all meet uh, in the media room and they said hey a lot of these teams like you know up in the north georgia mountain it was raven county i think they said you know that they, they're not coming because they can't with can't insurance reasons safety they yeah. can't put kids on the road they can't put their buses on the road so we wound up suspending the whole weekend the next week we played them at local sites and the gpb game was a 7a game that tommy was my color guy and i did play by play and that was the game the north gwinnett beat uh, uh colquitt colquitt had the lead and Colquitt got called for back-to-back. Yep. If you recall this, back-to-back re- pass that, interference yeah. penalties. Yeah. yeah. So th- t- no time on the clock all of a sudden. Just They're crazy. down to the 27th. <laughs> and the kid is a senior. kicks the 42-yarder to win it for North Gwinnett. Yep. Um, and it's those kinds of moments. That's I don't watch uh, reality TV, guys, because you can't get any better than what you see week in, week out on the on the playing field. Yeah, there's no, especially at the high school level. You you really do. It, it can be so inconsistent at times, and you can have a team that has a four touchdown lead, and it, it's not safe, especially in the playoffs. It ain't over. Those yeah. kids are there. Those yeah. kids are there for a reason. But um, Larry, talk a little bit about you got to see some games in the dome, and then this year at Georgia State. Um, what was your thoughts on uh, moving it from the dome to the outside playing surface back to uh, at Georgia State? How did you think that venue went um, this year? I thought the venue was fantastic. I thought Georgia State, their personnel, they, they, they did put on a first-rate show. Um, look, I know for the kids, playing in the dome is a big deal, and I get that. You know, it's the NFL stadium. It's where the Falcons play, and, and these kids grow up watching Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and – um, and all the different Falcons over the years. I mean, that's that's the you know it's the place you want to play. Um, but their finances involved, and you know if you if you followed along with the new dome being built, you could see where this was probably going to come up. And so I think Georgia State they've done a great job renovating that stadium. It's now in its you know already its third life as the Olympic Stadium and then Turner Field, and now it's back to a football stadium. And it's going to be the centerpiece of, of their athletic program for a very long time with what they're doing, building a new basketball arena and the facilities they've got planned with that space that they now have. I thought they did a great job. Day one was disappointing. It was cold and rainy, and, and it wasn't real pleasant to be outside. And probably a lot of people thinking, man, why can't we be indoors right now? Yeah, as you recall, you guys were there. Uh, day, day two, the sun was out, and um, I just read about it. John uh, Nelson, my friend and colleague with GPB, is writing a, a book about the late Buddy Nobles mm-hmm. who got that win Saturday morning in the 1A game. and. And uh, and just was describing that day how it just was perfect. You know the weather. You know the clouds pushed aside for perfect sunshine. And and um, you know I think that uh, hopefully we can eventually, with the weather will hold, get better crowds there. It's a great facility, and I hope everyone can can get a chance to come up and and root these kids on. 
Yeah, I thought they did a great job. That was the first time that I had had been to the Georgia State Stadium since it was renovated, and uh, I was right. extremely impressed the way that they designed it, reworked it to make it feel like a football stadium, yeah. and it had a unique yeah. feel to it. They did a really good job, and they're they, they had a really good plan back in place several years ago when they brought football back and 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 had all this in the works. They're they're planning. They did a fantastic job. You're right in the city of Atlanta, and uh, and Coach Elliott's doing a fantastic job trying to get some players and stuff in there and trying to build that brand, build the rivalry between Georgia Southern. So I think there's a lot to be had there. I agree, and I think this is a better size stadium because Georgia State football in the next ten years is not going to draw sixty thousand to a game. That's just it's just yeah, not really going to happen. It's not so, realistic. Yeah. yeah, you you get it to where now if you've got twenty 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 five thousand fans the way Georgia Southern does down at at, at their uh, place, you know the the, the stadium that that Irk built. Um, you know yeah. now you've, you've you've got a really nice crowd and you can build something. Can I tell you a very funny story though behind the scenes talking about that, <laughs> that you don't you guys don't know about? So we're doing the first game right the 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 one a private game and. You know, to, to get the net sound for the telecast, there's always microphones sitting just outside the booth to kind of pick up the ambiance of the crowd right. and, the, 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 and the, the, the field. Well, well, there, again, it's cold, it's rainy, and we start this, and we're like, okay, we're freezing. I mean, we are we got <laughs> yeah. gloves on, coats, and again, I'm thinking, why can't I be in the dome, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, as we start the telecast. This is garbage. So, <laughs> yeah, so the window there is open about a foot, and there's we can't even, you know, I've got my stat guy passing me stats – on post-it notes. <laughs> well, they're they're blown around. My my rosters are blowing. I'm trying to introduce the, you know, the Regions Bank, uh, you know, starting lineup. Trying to get those in. My notes are blowing. I can't send anything down. And so we, I just looked over and said, we, but just before the game, we said, hey, we got to have somebody close this. We tried. We didn't want to close it. We didn't want to try to close it ourselves because if, if it breaks, GPB's got to pay for it. It's a giant plate window. It's actually in what used to be a luxury suite for right. baseball. What was the third base, the third baseline? So these guys they show up right at kickoff. Okay, well we're alive. I mean we can't. And I and I was I kind of I'm holding them off. You can't see me on camera, so I'm kind of motioning to them as I'm as I'm doing the whole live play by play. You have, you at home have no idea this is going on. So I'm communicating with them and then turning around. I'm calling the play. So finally, after you know we're thinking you know East Eagles landing Christian's really good. So is Wesleyan, but we're like well you know. What are the odds Wesley and drives the field in the first very first opening series? Well, they do. They're getting first out to first down, and we're like, oh my goodness, this is never. We're not going to last. I mean, my nose starts running. I have, I have, I can't. I know where to wipe my nose, you know. So I finally wave him in, and to get out of their way so they can close this window, I'm over behind Sam Crenshaw as you in color. And I'm calling the game like at a corner, holding on to Sam behind him and like looking at the TV screen to call this thing. And the great thing was nobody at home knew. (laughs) The guys in the truck, they finally score a touchdown. They finally we have a break in the action. And the guys in the truck, they're watching on the camera, off camera, of course, off off TV. And they said, you know what? They said, Larry, that was that was brilliant. That's what a pro does. <laughs> you never knew the, the gymnastics you were doing to keep this thing going while you're trying to close this and, and get some semblance. And so the rest of the weekend was fine after that. That's but why GPB, you got to take one for the team sometimes. That, that's why GPB got a veteran to call. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, why, that's why he's got the Emmy on the shelf that's right, right there. That's <laughs> he's got the veteran in there. Oh, man. Well, I tell you, let me just tell you, we were, you know, we were lucky enough to have the Dublin Fighting Irish there in the uh, – uh, state championship game, 
and uh, we were playing against Brooks County, and uh, we were in a lux. We were not in a luxury box. <laughs> let me tell you, our our booth was not so. It's more like a closet, I think, is what we were in <laughs> <laughs> the corner down there. And you know, we we bring our A game for what we got. You know, Larry, we've got I've got the the wireless microphone. We're hanging it out the window, right, with the window uh-huh. open yeah. there. And yep. uh, I feel you though that that breeze and all that cold. It was bringing back some memories uh, when you were talking to us uh, right there's, there. There's no there's no way uh, we have a. I mean, even in the, the last three years, I mean, just to imagined people would have no idea sometimes what's going, that's going on, in on. That that's booth. right i mean you have right. no idea people have no clue we've been standing on top of each other we've <laughs> yep. been sitting there with a, a handheld microphone because the one headset bugged out yeah. yep. you're you're pwning power off the guy next to you you know the yep. booth next to you i mean it all it all is fair game you know we we yep. had we had our friend uh, chris blair who's the the voice of the national championship lsu tigers on the air with us and we were right. lamenting and just uh, talking about some of those stories and uh, he told me he said well you know what Rob Ben and Joe you got nothing until you've had to call a football game out of the tailgate of an F-150 <laughs> 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 he we're said like, that's right. when you know you're doing it right right there <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's, that's right it. hey Larry uh, speak a little bit though we're we're big proponents of uh, well the southeast as far as football goes but n- naturally the state of Georgia you're able to see the top to the bottom from class A to the 7A um, even been able to go to local sites and then the, the dome and stuff when it's the best of the best. But uh, we feel really strongly about the product that Georgia puts out as far as uh, prospects going to the next level in college and everything. Uh, would you echo that statement that Georgia high school football is just top? I mean, it's the cream of the crop. Oh, there's no question. It's it's in the top three or four, if not the very tops. Um, and and that's evidenced by the number of major programs who come in here and 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 compete for the top talent. Um, you know, I think that what Kirby Smart's doing over in Athens um, is kind of trying to keep some of these kids home. When you think about um, you know Trevor Lawrence going over to to Clemson before that to Deshaun Watson, and now that the LSU coming in taking the two kids from Marietta that are going to be I think just studs. Uh, for Coach O down there in Baton Rouge, and um, you know Jerry Pruitt trying to come in. Of course, you know Alabama, Auburn trying to come in. I mean, when you look and and, it, and that's the thing, you made a great point. I don't care what class it is. You no. know, I'm not seven A. You expect the big boys. Yeah, we get that. But one A. Yeah. You know the kid Give me there, Irwin County, baby. I'll take some that, of those guys. That's right. Well, the kid, the, the backfield you guys got coming back this fall. Yeah. You know, Evans. Evans is a beast. I mean, that guy you can't bring him down. Yeah. And um and and that and the, listen, the other two guys aren't too shabby either, as far that's as that right. goes. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Camp and Adams. You know, that's right. So. You know, we've had a couple of guys just here recently. We've had, uh, you know, you got Steve Linton, who's playing up at Syracuse. He graduated uh-huh. last year. He's a, you know, the only freshman on Syracuse's two deep depth chart. You know, coming into this season but you had a thousand each each running back we had rushed over a thousand yards yeah, and Jaquez, right Jaquez yeah. Evans he was over two thousand yeah he's and he's gonna be he, he went on to western Kentucky but he is already penciled in he's like yeah gonna play and yeah. then right Romello Hyde over at Auburn yeah you know he uh, we they, yeah. they they flew in down here and landed that big Auburn jet in Dublin hey, and <laughs> hey, hey, Larry. you know that was a quite a sight hey, there Larry hey, Larry I'm telling you this man there are some four <clears> a teams that wouldn't want to touch Irwin County those guys are are some yeah, physical jokers, man. Yep. I'm telling yeah. you what, that's a different brand of football down there. Yeah, it, it really is, and I think they did a great job with all they had. Uh, Coach Soliday taking over for uh, for Buddy, and um, and the way they the way they went about the rest of the season uh, that he was a part of it. You knew he wouldn't go anywhere and sit down. You knew he wasn't going to do that. 
And it was a special moment to be a part of that. And that's one thing in John's book that I, he asked me to contribute and, and Tommy and, um, and the other guys that are part of that telecast just in terms of that final game. And I said, you know, there, there are those moments that you're taught to sit out, you know, and, and you guys know that term when you've got a championship moment, you just let the, let, let the net sound ride. Right. And, I, and I'll be honest with you. I sat out the final moments because the clock was running because they so dominated the third quarter. It was the, the mercy rule was in play. I, I was silent for a while in the fourth quarter, not because it's the thing to do, because I don't want my voice to break. Yeah. It, it was oh, that yeah, it was that sure. emotional. And 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 like you said, I've done this for thirty two years and you don't root for any team unless obviously you guys are there and you're there for Dublin, obviously. But but from in my position where I was sitting in terms of representing GPB and the GHSA, you don't want to root for anybody. But right. I, I don't know anybody who, who couldn't didn't watch that game and understand that, that Buddy had been there so many times and had lost. And yet he finally gets it, and it turns out, and he and he he gets called on to to have it a few weeks later. So um, those are the those are the special moments you always remember. Yeah, that's the stuff about high school football and everything. And I think you got the GPB did a great job of covering that whole story and uh, and and how they progressed and how they were able to really finally get it done. How he was able to win the state championship and that team too. It was just really cool. And that's the things about high school football um, that you really love. I, Ben and I both had the opportunity, and and, and uh, we were we were blessed enough to play at Mercer um, in Macon, and uh, uh, we started the program, and we were able to play college football, and and we still talk about it. College football was extremely fun, but the bond in the in the things that you had in high school are never nowhere close in college. This this the high school atmosphere is just totally different environment. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and they do a great job here in Georgia. You mentioned the GPB crew, and I'm glad you did because hats off to them in the the wisdom and the talent and intelligence to oh, yeah. show you the pictures at the right time. If you recall, Buddy's wife's being interviewed there, and the stadium people took the GPB feed up on the screen, mm-hmm. and and the entire stadium roared. Yep. I mean, it was it was the coolest moment. They show Buddy, he and his daughter. I'm getting emotional thinking about it. he and his daughter. They're on the podium. They're the little platform they built for him. They're sharing a moment. They're tearing up. It was cool. Uh, but I would also give give credit to the reason Georgia football is so good. Is that in these communities, it's such it's so important. It begins at the grassroots roots level, and that's where you know. And I'll use him as an example, Russ. And I know he's gone on now to Valdosta, leaving Colquitt for this coming year. But you know, he came in and instituted you know from the ground level. He told the youth coaches, "This is what I want to see out of these kids." And you know, it's that kind of buy-in by families and communities at it at a young age. So by the time they get there, they're all on the same page, and that's what makes uh, Georgia football, in my mind, so special. Um, that, yeah, I, I really do. You're you're very right. It's like the folklore. We lived. <clears throat> me and Rob both played at Dublin High School, and we or my my house is about five minutes from campus. And during the middle of the week, you could hear the band practicing on Wednesday or Thursday night from my house. And you yeah. ride by the stadium on Friday nights. You go watch the games. <clears throat> that builds that folklore of like, I want to do that one day. You know, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you you dream about playing there and all the type of traditions and Dublin has a big tradition of football and you know having played there under coach Holmes it was special to come back in the state championship still having the same high school coach there and everything and um, like you speak of me and Rob had the opportunity coach Holmes asked us to coach the middle school program this year so me Uh and Rob have experienced exactly what you're talking about trying to build and connect that gap from middle school age 12 13 years old till that kid is 18 leaving he's getting the same image 
at, a, at 12 years old as he's going to get at 18. And that's what you're talking about. That whole picture, Georgia high school football programs believe in mentoring and building that kid really from the ground up. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and that's what makes it so special. It's fun for me to be a part. You know, Matt Stewart does just an amazing job, and he's so good. He does some ESPN um, games uh, on the weekends. And so sometimes – he gets pulled away from GPB, and, and I'm the reliever coming in, and I'm glad to, to play that role. Um, and it's so it's so exciting to see some of these teams even during the season and to see them how they built up, um, you know, what Marietta did coming in with these guys, and he played them all as freshmen and knew he'd take his lumps. But, you know, these guys are going to be really special. Um, you know, it's funny talking to other coaches. <clears throat> they would go set to, 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 to phase him. They're like, you know, I feel like I'm coaching a, you know, against an all-star national all-star team. Because, you know, <laughs> seven guys on offense going to D one school. You know? yeah. this, so, isn't, this isn't fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Eric Gilbert is a special of prospects that I've seen maybe ever. I mean, yeah. I, I just, he's a kid that he's, and he, and the thing is he, he works so hard I mean, you know, and is he, will he be a receiver? Will they bulk him up 15 pounds, make him as a tight end? Will he play defense? I mean, yeah, he's, he can do you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know Harrison Barnes, the the touch and the vision, and you know I talk about Trevor Lawrence. I was doing anchoring news up in D.C. and I would come home and do the games on Friday nights, and I kept telling these guys, I'm like, listen, there's this kid named Trevor Lawrence <laughs> that I said he was a sophomore, and he's reading off, you know, he's reading through his 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 uh, you know his, his checks, checking through his his rotation, as his his uh, progressions. Like he's a junior in college. I mean, it's like it's like a video game for him. I mean, he's he's a sophomore, you know. And it's, you know, I was there for both of his championship games, and I was there the the semifinal game he lost at home against Buford. He was a freshman. Um, and what's amazing is people don't realize the game they lost was only the second game he's lost since a freshman. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm like he he just he just doesn't lose. Um, and so uh, so it's it's great. It, you think about it, you could have the top two picks this coming uh, April in the NFL. Both quarterbacks who played high school football in Georgia. It's it's unbelievable to just think about that. And you're talking about yeah. the, the highest level you can possibly play at. And yeah. we see these kids and you've you've obviously you just you did that's the whole thing you just talked about. As far advanced as these kids are in high school, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, it's come so far full circle because of the seven on sevens, the added training, the xyz the film study i mean it's crazy the last 10 years now they have sideline replay after it comes off the field i mean they have as much material um at some of these schools to play by play as as the colleges do and you talk about it with trevor lawrence he is probably the most talented high school quarterback that i've ever seen playing in high school i mean it was unbelievable to watch this guy we were hearing you hear about a freshman you're like oh yeah it's that you know they're just hyping him up right this kid is a gamer and he continuously does it at the next level like he's not even <laughs> getting challenged yeah 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 you think about his his now he's he's only lost three games since early in his high school career right he lost <laughs> it's just he so lost, crazy he, the, the game against buford and if you recall in that game as we did that game on gpb it was it was fourth and a yard. Yeah, and in, in the in the final seconds, and there was a a, a, a what is it? Four pass a tip, play, pass was tipped, whatever. But I mean, it was he had he had him a yard away from going to the championship game as a freshman. <laughs> then he comes back and wins back to back undefeated state championships. Then he wins eleven in a row to start a senior year. And as I recall correctly, we didn't do that game, but it was a hail mary. Um, I think Blessed Trinity was a team that beat him. I think um, so. That's so that's two losses. 
that were just kind of sort of, you know, again, down to the wire. And then, of course, LSU, the juggernaut, that they're LSU. I mean, they're one of the greatest right, yeah. you know, football teams ever. Yeah. You know, hats off to them. But, um, you know, I, when he took over last year's a freshman, I had no doubt that they're going to reach the, reach the playoffs <laughs> and probably go on to the championship. I'm like, this kid, just he's just different. And I think the adjustment, the struggles he had early his sophomore year was teams adjusted to him. Um, but it's a credit to him and, and what Dobble's done and the coaching staff to make those other adjustments. And I think he'll come out this year, given that we have a season, prayerfully, um, and I think he'll build on that, and 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 Clemson will be in the mix again. There's oh, no question. Yeah, they will. And you got to think about his freshman year too. I mean, those guys on defense: Cleland Farrell, Dexter Lawrence, Bullware, you name it. I mean, they had a They're pretty they good. Had, they were really, they were really, really good. So I think it was more of a testament for him to repeat as a sophomore right. without some of that on defense. Yep, That's I, true. I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Larry, let me ask you this before we get out of here. Uh, we're we're all uh, close to out of time, but I just want to find out, do you guys already schedule out? Are we going to look forward to seeing you again uh, on GPB's uh, championship broadcast, given we have a season and all that stuff plays the way we want it to? You know, I'm, I will more than likely be part of the championship weekend. Um, they usually, starting mid-July, um, kind of work on that. But, you know, we've got – we all have our each other's cell phones. It's just a text away, and they know <laughs> I keep that weekend available. And if something happens, I'll let them know. But as of right now, I plan to be a part of it. And um, in terms of the regular season, really, I, I don't really get too involved unless they need me to fill in for Matt. Right. So uh, if, if I fill in, it means Matt got – tied up in an assignment and great for him because he's I think he's one of the best in the game he does an awesome job and um, but it's fun I think uh, on both sides I think they like having a guy come in I, I know how to do this and and they're familiar with my style and I'm familiar with theirs and I know kind of how to prepare for it and um, and I think they're I think on their end they're happy that that I can come in and 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 there's not a drop off if you will yep um, I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere on Matt's level Matt does a fantastic job uh, but I'm okay. I'm good enough to kind of carry the mail and, and not drop the ball, not fumble the ball until he gets oh, back. Oh, what are you trying to say, Larry? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so it'll, it'll be it'll be fun. But I hope that I hope that they um, I hope they find a way to play. Um, you know, this thing is not going away, and I, I hope everyone takes it seriously. I know the whole mask versus not mask, whatever. Um, but you know what? To me, me and my family, we we wear masks just because. Listen, just in case I'm a carrier, and I don't know it. Mm-hmm. I I don't I don't want you know, I don't want to give it to you. That's so right. if you see me out wearing a mask, understand that it's not because I like it, but I'm trying to protect you from me. That's, you that's, that's what I'm and My family's the same way. And, and I think if people can just kind of take that for a moment, if it helps us get to a place where other countries are already on the, on the decline and we can have football, we can have baseball, we can have basketball, get back to a life. If that's the price I got to pay individually, I'm okay with that. Yep. I agree with you 100%. And, uh, you know, it is it is so good to be able to talk uh, with you, Larry. Again, we appreciate you being on the show here. Larry Smith uh, on visiting with us here on the Rob Ben and Joe Show. Larry, it has been a, a pleasure, a ton of fun, sir. And uh, we hope to, to see you around the uh, the Georgia State Stadium again come, you know, uh, the end of the football season championship week. We hope to see you again there. Hopefully we'll be there, and we know you will be. So <laughs> There you go. Yeah, good luck to you guys down there. This has been a lot of fun. Joe, it's always uh, good to work with you. and. And, um, and guys, good luck with the show. Um, let's all say a prayer for our friend Tommy Palmer as he's going through a, a battle right now. And, 
And, um, you know, God bless you guys. Stay safe. Let's do this again soon. We will indeed. And sometime I'm just going to let, have to uh, ask you to let me take a picture of one of those Emmys up there. Just, <laughs> just so I can say I got, to, I got to get near one, you know, got to take a picture or something like that. That'd be great. Yeah, you know what? It's, 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 uh, it's nice there. I didn't – I actually I'm – not, I'm not sure – I, I had it up for about a week and then I put them away because I don't want I don't want to get I don't want that to be my focus yeah. and um, my my wife and we're both like that we don't get caught we kind of we don't we we don't get caught up in those awards I hear yeah. well you are you are a great talent and you're an even better man and I appreciate you being on the show with that. us here today thank you very much you guys take care I appreciate it thank you, right, see you man. all right we'll see you. Larry Smith on the Robin and Joe show there hanging out with us a lot of fun a lot of fun right there guys we're gonna take a quick break. I tell you what, we'll just keep it right here. Next week, uh, we got a holiday weekend coming up, so uh, you might hear some uh, some fun from the past on the Rob Minute Joe show. We might pull out some of the greatest hits for you next week, and uh, you know, give you a minute to to listen back in while we uh, enjoy the holiday week that's coming up. Uh, what do you think about that, fellas? That sounds great. I mean, yeah. we we might uh, we might send some Andy Demetri your way, some yeah. Chris Blair, it's Chris know. Blair. We might have some of that action there. Maybe some West Durham. You don't yeah. know Jeff Cameron. Some of those guys. Be back home with you, but uh, we will be back uh, after that. So don't worry about it. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening in. Thanks to Eyeballs Marketing and Media and Werner Robbins, Bubba's Tire Center, Network One Sports, and Marcos Pizza for being sponsors of the show. We appreciate Nick Cellini being on the front half of the show here with us tonight, and of course Larry Smith there on the back end. So uh, good time all the way around and remember you can download the show on uh, itunes or on your spotify and take us with us wherever you go check us out at rbj show and if you haven't noticed guys something to talk about here before we get going check out the uh, website rbjshow.com you can find out all the information on who we cover on the uh, the power five schools but also the sunbelt conference the big south uh, peach belt conference all those are listed there kennesaw state university all the information is uh, right there for you. All the scores and highlights, you can find them on rbjshow.com. So be sure and check out that website when you get a minute. Until next week, Rob and Ben, you guys good? Signing off. Yep. All right. Y'all have a good one. We'll talk to you next week. Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Reruns of the greatest hits. Peace. You're listening to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Download the show today on your Spotify playlist or Apple Music.